Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by our new co-host, which is going to be Steven Anderson of Project Spurs, and also Wesley Perkins, which makes he makes frequent appearances on Spurs React on WOAI 1200 AM with my good friend Chris Duell. So, fellas, we're going to go ahead and kind of do a quick recap of the catastrophe that was the Spurs <laughs> and Nuggets Game 2 yesterday. So, I got, you know, I, I kind of did a live stream with Wesley and Carolina Teague. Shout out to you, Carolina. Uh, yesterday, right after the game. And we kind of talked about what happened from our perspective. So, you coming in with a fresh set of eyes. I'm going to start with you, Stephen. What happened to the Spurs yesterday? after they squandered not one, but two 19-point leads against the Denver Nuggets? <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I will say is this. I mean, one thing we've all noticed about this Spurs team is inconsistency. And inconsistency has plagued this team from the word go and back all the way back in October to now. And I think that's the biggest issue with the Spurs. And I mean, okay, so here's my thoughts, guys. Uh, the Spurs had two 19-point leads. When the Spurs had that first 19-point lead, I was like, okay, is Denver really a fluke that, that just kind of coasted through the season? I mean, you know, maybe they're just a fluke. Then the, then Denver makes a run. Denver, Denver cuts the Spurs lead to six. I'm like, well, I'm glad the Spurs won the first game because, I mean, who knows what would happen if they didn't. And then Spurs go up 19 again. I was like, okay, Denver's definitely not for real. You know, they're not great. It's all hype. And then Jamal Murray goes completely crazy in the fourth quarter, and I just shut up after that because it was, it was just pointless. I mean, the Spurs had several opportunities, and they honestly, in the game, they really should have won to go up 2 nothing, put Denver on its heels, coming back to San Antonio for two more games, and they kind of blew it. And what happened was is the defense. I mean, Pop said after the game, 30 or actually it's actually 39 points in the fourth quarter. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what team you are. You're you should never allow that uh, defensively. If you're if you're the Spurs or if you're Golden State or whatever team you are, you should never allow that. Particularly when the Spurs struggle offensively, uh, much like um, they have done the whole season. On the flip side of that, offensively, I mean, there were some questionable decisions on pops side of things um i mean if you look at the and i even wrote this in my project spurs article guys the bellinelli rudy gay davis bertans patty mills lamarcus allridge lineup is the lineup that squandered two 19 point leads but the starting five which i'm not going to name the names because we don't know who the starting five are is the one who got them that 19-point lead. Now, I understand you can't play Derek White the entire game, or you can't play anybody the entire game, but to not have Derek White in the, in the main part of that fourth quarter when Denver's making that run, or sorry, the main part of that third quarter when Denver's making that run going into the fourth, that kind of hurt them a little bit. And you saw Derek White come back in. He made some about th three or four buckets to put the Spurs back up 10. So, I mean, Derek White's a very important part of this team. Other side of that, is um, the Spurs hit some shots in game one that they did not hit in game two. But, I mean, I know they asked Pop after the game. He was not too happy, obviously. But the Spurs honestly should not even have won game one the way they played. They should have won game two, but they shouldn't have won game one. The fact they got a split on the road, I think, is pretty good coming back to San Antonio. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that in that regard, Stephen. You know, it was... What they needed to do something, in other words, you know, we complain as Spurs fans and as right. analysts, 
hey, they, they let one slip. Well, I think they actually did what they were supposed to do. And right. that was get a split, you know, especially on the road in a hostile environment where they haven't really had much luck, you know, winning on the road. But they were able to at least get the first game. They were there, no doubt, for the for game two. It just didn't work out because they couldn't close the game uh, mm -hmm. as hot as they started the game. You know, they kind of fell off in the third and fourth quarters. <clears throat> but either way, I have to say that I would, you know, look at the silver lining. And then that silver lining is going to be at least they got the split. They're now going to return home to the AT&T Center where they could possibly win both games and it all depends, you know, really on what kind of reception they get. You know, we know that the Denver fans were out there and being, you know, loud and making a lot of noise, even booing the team at certain uh, parts during the game, <laughs> which I thought I found quite comical because then they would turn around and hit a couple, you know, like a, a three pointer or knock down a couple of shots. And once again, the, the fans loved them. So I'm like, well, you're supposed to love them the whole game. You're not supposed to boo your team when they're in the playoffs. But, hey, I'm I'm not a Denver fan. So it is what it is in that regards. <clears throat> but let's get Wesley's take. Wesley, what do you think, from your perspective, happened to the Spurs in game two? Well, you know, last night I was so infuriated about the whole thing that I don't I don't even know if I ever made one bit of sense on the <laughs> on the recap. But. Uh, I've had more time to think about it tonight and, and this afternoon, and I, I really think there was a couple of things that stood out. One, I, I don't know how much we talked about this yesterday, Joe, but I, I thought that the Spurs looked fatigued uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, in particular down low. Um, I know Pirtle was saddled a little bit in foul trouble. Uh, you had LaMarcus played a, a pretty hefty amount of minutes and was banging around in the lane quite a bit. Uh, my, my chief concern with last night was they, they got out physical um, by the Nuggets uh, and, and also that Jokic is, is pretty unflappable. I mean, I, I have to give it to him. He reminds me a little bit of, a, you know, like an Arvidas Sabonis. He's maybe not the most agile person. Now, Arvidas was, was, was amazing in his prime. He was, he was an unbelievably gifted athlete. But, you know, he is more of a distributor with, who can score and he's got a great looking shot. Um, very high release, so he doesn't have to do things that are super athletic. And he's a good uh, passer he's still, too. He's a good passing big yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, and he and he moves so well for a guy his size. I mean, that's really pretty amazing. But also too, you know, uh, both Joe, Stephen, I, I thought that when you looked at, at what was going on in the flow of the game yesterday, I thought the Spurs got too comfortable. I I almost saw a little bit of cockiness, and there wasn't time for that. And and that those 19-point leads, especially the second one that they got there in the third quarter, it almost seemed like they knew that the Nuggets were on the verge of implosion. And instead of stepping on them and pushing it above 20 and just keeping the foot on the gas, they allowed them to creep back in. And, you know, maybe they gave up a basket or here or there. I, you know, to me, that's the part that was inexcusable. Uh, just like you said, Joe, the, the fans are booing. Uh, you got it's. I was almost like watching a variety act, right? I mean, you had the fans booing, and then like as if another act comes on, they start cheering, and then they boo again. So you know, I, I really thought it was it was a game that that didn't have a bunch of flow. That the but Spurs still controlled the pace of for all of about five or six minutes, and unfortunately, the five or six minutes that they didn't control it. Denver, as we know, pushed the pace and got the buckets that they needed to 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 win the game. And I, I have to say this: the most disappointing thing was the inability of Pop to 
to step up and like you, you guys both alluded to, to make some changes in the lineup and also to stem the tide by, you know, using his guidance and his wisdom, uh, instead getting a late technical, which was really, uh, pretty poor on his part as well. So I just, that was disappointing to see them lose their poise like that for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is that the reason I believe that they lost their poise is you got to get, a, give a lot of credit to the Denver Nuggets, uh, and the scheme that they were able to devise against the Spurs and the adjustments, should I say, that they were able to make after the half. You know, when they came back out of the half, the the Spurs looked like you said, they looked, you know, hey, like they were going to be able to put this one away. But the Nuggets just, you know, for some reason, they made some tweaks that kind of left me as, you know, wow, I was kind of impressed because for, I'd say, the latter part of the third quarter, going into the fourth, <clears throat> And, of course, sustaining it through the fourth quarter. The coaching staff actually did something that was uh, kind of bewildering to me. They outcoached the great Greg Popovich. And they did it on not only on the defensive end, but also on the offensive end as well. What they were doing is, instead of just playing a 3-2 zone or trying to take away the, the inside paint from the San Antonio Spurs, they did something that was a little bit more interesting. And I think they're going to probably wind up doing this again in game three. They were double and triple teaming DeMar DeRozan out outside the uh, the three-point line or beyond the arc. And not only were they doing that to him, but they did that to any perimeter shooters that we had camping out beyond the arc. They played them really tight. And they really didn't let them get any good looks at the basket. They didn't let them get any quality shots. And I think the Spurs kind of got away from what was working. If your outside shooting isn't going to fall, you know, you're not able to make good quality outside shots, you need to dump the ball in the middle and go to LaMarcus and let him work inside the paint, let him be very aggressive going to the rim. And the Spurs have one thing that most of the other teams in the NBA don't, and that is they're very good from the free throw line. They're the best free throw shooting team in the NBA right now. So that's one of your one of your strengths. Get to the rim, you know, just put your head down, be aggressive, go to the rim and attack. I think that's what they got away from. They started getting cute with the ball, started falling back into the ISO plays, stopped the ball movement. People started were just stagnant. They weren't moving great without the ball. And I think they just got themselves out of sorts. You know, it was kind of like a domino effect. You, you could see that they were getting frustrated and it just seemed like nobody at that point took leadership and, and really said, you know what, I'm going to put this team on my back and I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to ball. You know, that didn't happen. And that's the thing that I was telling you about uh, yesterday, Wesley. Somewhere in this playoff series, it's going to be de defined by either an iconic play, a moment, a, a certain game. Something is going to happen that's either going to push the Spurs forward and we can say this was the moment that the Spurs turned the corner and really decided to win this series. I haven't seen that moment happen yet, but the series is still young. If the Spurs are going to go beyond the Nuggets, we have to look for this key moment. Who's going to be the leader? Who's going to step up and, and say, you know what? You all follow my lead. I'm just going to go ahead and just put it upon my shoulders to will us to victory. I think that that person is going to be Derek White. I'm expecting him to have a breakout game either in game three or four, and he might surprise everybody and go for almost 30 points. I think that's really going to happen 
because this is his coming out party. But that's just my two cents. So I just want to hear what you all have to say about that. We'll start with you, Stephen. Okay. Well, first off, uh, I want to go back to what Wesley was saying. And yeah. one thing I I don't agree with I don't I didn't see the Spurs as cocky whenever they got those two 19 point leads. What I will say is that I've seen the Spurs and the whole season. Whether and I don't care who they're playing. It could be Denver. They could be playing the Knicks. I don't care who they're playing. You just see the inconsistency with this team, and that's the biggest problem. I mean, guys, we saw. In the regular season, the Spurs could beat up on Milwaukee. They could beat Golden State. They could beat uh, uh, Denver, actually. And they lose to New York. They lose to Sacramento. They lose to Phoenix. So, I mean, that's the inconsistency that I've seen with this team. And I saw it again last night. Yeah, they have trouble closing, in other words. Yeah, exactly. And, and, And sometimes it's not even just closing. It's just the way they play from start to finish. I mean... I mean, I'll be honest, I, going into this series, I, I did, if you guys go to ProjectSpurs.com and you look at our predictions, um, we di- I did predict Spurs win this series in six, and I'm sticking that to that prediction, because as of right now, it's 1-1 coming home. If the home team wins every game that's left, the Spurs win in the, the series in six games. So the Spurs are in control of this series right now, despite it being tied up. Now, if for some reason the Denver comes here and wins one of these next two games, which honestly is possible, I'm not saying it's not then we might have a different conversation on Saturday or or possibly on Thursday or Friday night. We'll see. But, I mean, uh, I do agree with you, Joe. You said Derek White, and I do agree with, like I said, and Derek White, is, I think, is the key to this series. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, you have LaMarcus Allwards. You know what you're going to get from them. But your role players, Derek White, uh, Bryn Forbes, who honestly is turning into a player I didn't think he was going to turn into. But, I mean, this thing is going to come down to who's the better team. And honestly, and people may not agree with me, and that's totally fine, the Denver Nuggets are the better team. But who has the more experience? Who has the better coach? Who has the who knows how to play better in crunch time situations? And that is the San Antonio Spurs. And I think that's what this series is going to come down to when you think about it. Denver can have the youth. They can have the best shooters. That's not going to matter when it comes down to to what you're what you're going against. And that's why I don't pick Denver to beat Golden State. I don't pick Denver to beat Houston and because they don't have that experience or that know-how. What I do worry about is, like we all said, the Spurs gave up two 19-point leads. And what concerns me now going into Game 3 on Thursday is Denver now has a little bit of confidence. Because Denver, uh, we saw it in Game 1. They were missing shots that you normally see them make. To start out Game 2... We saw the same thing. They were missing shots they normally make. And as the game went on, they kept missing shots and kept missing shots. Jamal Murray was 0 for 8 before the fourth quarter. So my thing is, now you're giving this team confidence. Because you saw Paul Millsap banging down low against Davis Bertans. You saw uh, Jokic getting getting some buckets in the paint that he didn't do in game one. You saw Jamal Murray go off. Uh, I think Will Barton is going to have a, a, a breakout eventually in this series. So that's my concern. You give these guys confidence now coming into game three. And one thing the Spurs have going for them, one, yes, they're at home, but also Denver's playing on the road. They're, uh, going to back to the season, they're not a good road team. So that's where the Spurs have their advantage. But it's all about how they're going to come out in this game three. Are they going to be the pissed off, angry Spurs that respond after giving up a game they really should have won that we've seen before? Or are they going to be the Spurs that are, are going to be playing up and down like we've seen? If there's going to be the second option, it's it might be an interesting series, uh, more interesting than we think. 
And if it's the first option, I think the Spurs win game three tomorrow and possibly game four and go back to Denver 3-1. Yeah, and that's a that's a scary, scary thought. You know, if the Spurs <laughs> yeah. can take care of business, hey, they're going to be up 3-1. But if Denver comes in here and, and takes care of business, they're going to be up 3-1 with the Spurs, you know, looking at an elim- elimination game when they return to the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado. And I don't want that to happen. I really believe that the Spurs can can turn this corner here, especially here at home, because we know how well they play here at the AT&T Center behind the crowd. I'm sure everybody's going to be up for this game and making noise and getting loud. And, you know, it really does pay dividends when the fans put that energy out there because the players feed upon that. And basically, it's the fan that is the sixth man out there. You know, and, you know, we could really use a sixth man since we lost the the great Manu Ginobili to retirement. I mean, if Manu Ginobili was still here, I think the series would be a little bit different. You know, he yeah, it, he, he would have done something special. I have a question for you, Joe, real quick. Sure. Okay, so um, the first two games, Rudy Gay has not been a real factor for this team. Uh, Rudy even acknowledged that after the game uh, last night and game two. What do you think happens when they return to San Antonio? Do they? Do you think Rudy? Do you think Rudy has to be that player that we've seen him? Uh, I guess to be the quote unquote big three with L.A. and Demar to, in order for the Spurs to have a better chance to win this series, or do you think they're fine the way they are? I don't think Rudy Gay is that guy. I think Rudy Gay is going to be able to give you uh, maybe double digit, you know, points, you know, more than five points, ten points on average, maybe twelve points on average, every other game. He's not going to be that guy that's going to do it every night. And, and there's a number of factors that go into that. You know, he's getting a little bit older, takes him a little bit longer to recover. I'm not saying that he's not a great player. He is, but you can't defeat Father Time, you know. And and I got to say that in this game, too, Rudy Gay looked quite exhausted, especially in the third and fourth quarters. He didn't have yep. quite the lift on his jump shot that he normally gets. So fatigue definitely played a factor in that. I think the third yeah, Joe, person. Joe, let me let me let me jump in there yeah, too, and, and and just kind of give my take on Rudy. Um, I think he's also having to do a lot more um, in terms of his his physicalness um, than, than what we've seen. You know, and part of that just to, and I go back to this. The, the one concern I have about the Spurs is they really only have the two big man lineup. Um, you know, Davis comes in and plays a little bit at the four, but he's more of a stretch four. Um, and Rudy, I think in this series, especially almost has to be that he has to be that, that warrior in paint. And of course we've seen him do that uh, from time to time in the season. Um, you know, he's always in the paint, getting the tough points, getting the tough rebounds and whatnot, but it's a little different. I mean, you know, Jokic is such a load and I'm, t- I'm telling you guys, I, I think that this is kind of one of the key people that we kind of don't talk about, but Plumley is exhausting our guys in the middle. Plumley is absolutely just getting every ball to, to touch and, and, and get it tapped out and, you know, falling out of bounds. He, I mean, his hustle, it's, it's immeasurable. You don't see it on the stat sheet. You're not going to look at the, the game and go, wow, Plumley was the X factor. But what he's doing right now, uh, and, and really, you know, from whether it's Craig or Beasley or any of those guys, is I think they're just they're they're letting their athleticism stack up against Rudy, and Rudy's not able to get his normal physicality that he normally gets against any other player um, on another team. So I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I, I hope that Pop will tweak the lineup. Uh, I, I know we we chatted about it 
Um, I, I kind of I agree with Stephen, but I also kind of disagree in, in one respect. I think the Nuggets are the more athletic team. I think the Nuggets are the more pure talented team. I think the Spurs are the deeper and better team. Um, and, I, and I think that just because it, they have combinations of players that they can use. The Nuggets, for instance, went, you know, maybe uh, eight, nine deep last night. And the Spurs went, you know, maybe uh, 10 deep and, uh, and got contributions, although not enough. Um, and, and I, and I, I just kind of think that some of that goes back to how they use Bryn Forbes. Bryn was on such a tear, but he was almost non-existent at times yesterday. And I don't think that's because he didn't play well. It's because those lineups when Rudy was ISO and, and DeMar was ISO and, and LA was ISO, you couldn't swing those passes around and get to him, uh, and, or Derek white for that matter. So that, that's kind of my take. I think, I think you'll see Rudy bounce back, but I don't know that he's going to be a 17, 18 point guy. I think he's got to provide though solid defense. He's got to be tougher underneath the basket. And I, and I, you know, I see him a double digit, maybe 10, 12 point game score. Uh, but we've got to get those other guards involved. Yeah. I think another person who's really going to have to play big, you know, the third scorer for the Spurs, it's going to be Derek white. If Derek white can continue producing at the level that he's producing, I think he gives the Spurs a very good chance of winning a game, you know, and, and moving forward in this series. But the other person that I need to see more production out of, especially on the offensive end, is Yaka Portal. I think Yaka Portal can play a big role. He could be one of these unsung heroes for the Spurs. Because if in games that he scored in double digits, I believe in these games, the Spurs have actually won those games. You know, in five points from Yaka Portal is okay. You know, and Pop will be the first one to tell you. Anytime you get any offense from Yaka Portal is a plus, but we're in the playoffs. So you got to really bring your game. And I think if he can score 10 points or more, he gives the Spurs a really good chance of sustaining a lead. And not only that, but his defensive presence is, it's really something that the Spurs have missed. And when he's able to be out there on the floor and contribute on both ends, he gives them that little extra edge. But yesterday he had five points and he had five fouls. So that makes him almost a non-factor, especially in the in crunch time in the fourth quarter. And the Spurs, you know, they can't have him out there on the floor in the fourth quarter, at the end of the fourth quarter, with five fouls and get fouled out. Maybe what if by some chance the game went into overtime? They're going to need him at some juncture. And so I think, you know, Pop was probably, you know, more playing on the side of caution than anything. But definitely Derek White. Now, you know, if Rudy Gay isn't having a, another game, another stellar game, maybe Pop needs to go ahead and just give the the young bucks some run and Lonnie Walker. You know, let's see what he can do if, if Rudy Gay's, you know, not performing at the, the level he needs to. I don't know if it's either Rudy Gay was just fatigued or maybe he's hurt. Maybe he injured his heel again because the last time... He wasn't getting left and he wasn't moving the right, you know, the the way he normally moves out there on the floor. It was because he had an injury. I kind of suspect that he might have re-injured his heel again and they're just keeping it under wraps because they need him out there on the floor. Definitely they need his experience and what he brings on the defensive end and both on the offensive end. But when you're hurt, you can only do so much. And I kind of suspect that that may be what is happening with uh, with Rudy Gay. But more than that, we need more production out of our bench. If we look to see what really happened yesterday, you only had five points 
from Patty Mills. You had three points. I had three points from Davis Bertans. You know, and that's not really going to cut it. You know, and then I look at Marco Beninelli. He added eight. He almost had a double-digit game. And he was doing the best he could out there. So, you know, kudos to him. He could have had a better game, but I'll take those eight points any day. But Bryn Forbes, five points, that's not going to cut it, man. He's he's great when he gets hot. But he's a streaky shooter, at the at to say the least. And he becomes a liability on the defensive end. And that's exactly what happened in yesterday's game. He's six foot two. He's called upon to guard, you know, more athletic larger guards you know people who are taller than him at six three six four and all they're going to do is just you know get him down in the post and shoot right over him and, and that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to find out that that is in fact a mismatch so i'd like to see some tweak made to the lineup i'm sure pop will do that so let's go ahead and get into the talk of this next game coming up game three what do you guys think are going to be the keys to victory and we'll start with you, uh, Stephen. What do you think the keys to victory are going to have to be for the Spurs to get this pivotal win in Game 3? Don't give up 38 points in the fourth quarter? I mean, <laughs> that's the first thing I would think of. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Spurs have to come out strong. They have to, like I said before, they have to be the angry Spurs. They, they, they. I mean, let's face it, guys. We both know, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this knows, Spurs should have won that game on, on uh, last night. They should have won. I mean, that's obvious. So then they didn't. Pop is angry. I'm pretty sure the guys are angry. Should go out there tomorrow and show the Utah, or show the Utah Jazz, show the Denver <laughs> Nuggets what uh, what they, what would have happened if they would have won the game. Don't take your foot off the gas. Play for 48 minutes, and we'll see what happens. But guys, what I'm looking forward to tomorrow, they're giving away shirts tomorrow at the Spurs game. Every seat in the AT&T Center right now has black shirts. The Ooh. Spurs are going to be, of course, in their white uniforms. Denver's going to be in whatever uniform they're going to be in, probably their blue. But I'm ready for the tweets of, they're not wearing the shirts. That's what I'm ready for. <laughs> you know what I'm really upset with? And I got to I gotta say this. I know M Michael DeLeon had put something on Twitter. He had put something to the effect that, why are people complaining about, you know, not getting free coffee? I'm mad because the Circle K, which used to be Valero, is no longer yep. doing keeping with tradition and giving this, you know, free coffee to the community after a Spurs win. And everybody's like, well, y'all are spoiled. Even Wally Pasacrita was saying things on Twitter as well. Wally's my friend. He was saying, you know, well, you know, everybody's gotten spoiled and they're taking advantage of the system because they just want they want a freebie. It was more than just free coffee. The tradition was you went to the Valero in the morning before you went to work. You got to get the free coffee. But more importantly, it was a hub for the community where they could go and talk about the game that occurred the prior night. You know, that victory there. That's where everybody would would share their stories. That that's what that was about. It was about unifying a community over their mutual love of the San Antonio Spurs and I'm sad to say that that tradition has come to an end. But I did hear that April and Sarah, you know, she's going to open up all the Ansara Winton locations uh, and the service departments. Uh, so if you have a, they have a Spurs victory, you can go to any Ansara Winton uh, location and get a free coffee there. And I know that certain locations around town, if you go to my buddy Jeff Garcia's uh, article that he wrote uh, for the Spurs Zone, he's going to give you the locations of certain McDonald's around town that are going to be giving out free coffee. But I, I digress, you know, I was just mad because 
free coffee, you know, no more. And, you know, as Mexicanos here in San Antonio, we all love some free stuff. That's what we're all about. We're all puro here. So let's move forward, Wesley. Let's get your take. What are your keys to victory for this game three? Well, first of all, everybody's got to have coffee. Um, but uh, I, I was hoping personally for uh, Bill Miller's to open their doors because uh, as uh, as much as it's not the greatest coffee in the world, I, I drink it every day. So uh, <laughs> dang it, Bill Miller's, come on, what's up? Let's go, step up. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that, that have to happen tomorrow night. Number one, the fans absolutely have to show up and be rabid. Uh, the fans have to treat this like a game seven and wear the shirts. Absolutely. Wear the shirt. <laughs> My God. I'm, if I got a shirt, I'd be wearing it every day. I probably wouldn't wash it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the second thing is, is that the, the pace of the game has to be controlled by the Spurs. Uh, you, you know, Stephen alluded to that, the 39 points in the fourth quarter, but it's even more than that. I, I think that it's gotta be that, that for four quarters, they don't allow the Denver Nuggets to run. The the fast break points the other day was was atrocious, but if you looked at it at halftime, it was almost nil. And I, I think part of that is just that they were playing at a under 100 point you know pace or right at it. And I kind of thought in my mind around that time, right about halftime, I got out you know and had to go run an errand, and I thought to myself, you know, if the Spurs can keep the pace between about 100 points and maybe 105, they're going to win this game and they're going to win it going away. And unfortunately, they didn't. You know, the Nuggets score 112, and uh, that second half really got to the point where not only did the Nuggets start playing faster, but you saw the Spurs uh, go down and dribble the ball and just, you know, take a shot where, uh, you know, they, they didn't pass the ball, move, move the people side to side. And so you allowed a young team to, to get rested and not play defense and then just run back on you. So I think they got to control the pace tomorrow. It's, it's huge for them to, to play Spurs basketball, to play team basketball. Um, that's, that's a huge goal. And then I, I agree with you, Joe. I mean, the bench absolutely is the key to this series. The, the Spurs have a decided advantage advantage on the bench. Um, it's Bertans. If he's the stud three point shooter that everybody knows that he can be, he's got to be the assassin. Uh, we have to see Patty Mills, a champion, a guy who's hit clutch shots in the NBA finals. We have to see Patty Mills step up and carry the torch of being unafraid to take those moments and be that guy. And we have to see that from Bellinelli also, the, the champion moxie to, to knock down shots and to be included into that offensive mix when it matters most. And, and, and more, most importantly, and, and finally, I would say this, the stars on the Spurs in the late stages of the game have to trust their teammates. If, if you see that, if you see LaMarcus and you see DeMar pass that ball around the horn to that open person and let them let the ball go. Let them make the shot to, to help your team out and take the burden off of your shoulders. I think the Spurs win this one going away tomorrow. Well, I hope you're right there, Wesley. I do want to see them win, and definitely they need to win. They can't come back home and lose this first game here at the AT&T Center. This is a must-win for the San Antonio Spurs. It sounds cliche, yes, but when you're here at home, on your home court, you need to take care of that, especially in the playoffs. I do pick the Spurs to win in seven games. I'm still going to stick with that. I think it's going to be one of these series where they're going to be going back and forth and their opposing team is going to win one game. Home team will win another game. It's going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But with the Spurs experience 
And of course, we have the X factor and Coach Popovich, the greatest coach right now in the NBA. Um, I think the Spurs are going to have enough knowledge and not only the knowledge, but enough firepower down the stretch to rectify some of the issues that they've had and be able to move forward in this series and possibly play the winner of whoever's going to be uh, between the Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I'd much rather play the Trailblazers from a, a standpoint of the storyline. You know, I know, it, you know, Steven's a, a journalist. I like to write myself yeah. and it just makes for, you know, the pageantry. You know, you have this storyline where you had LaMarcus Aldridge that used to play for the Trailblazers. Now he's going to be facing against his old facing up against his old team and his ex-teammate and Damian Lillard. I think it's going to be one of these storylines that is going to be a little bit different for us instead of just facing OKC. I would rather play against the Trailblazers. I just kind of like that that matchup a little bit better, but that's just me. <laughs> but what do you guys think? Would you rather see OKC or would you rather play the Blazers? Hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, Wesley. Well, okay, I, I could give you two answers to that. Uh, my sleep schedule says I want to see OKC because uh, these late nights kill me <laughs> for Portland to, to, to win. Um, but no, I, I, I really do think Portland, um, because I, I, again, you would never wish anything bad on anybody, but when Nurkic went out, I thought to myself that there was still enough talent and, and kudos to the, to the Blazers for going out and getting Ennis Cantor, uh, to supplement their lineup. But I, I really believe they're doing their job right now. And I, I, I kind of think that they're going to, they're going to take care of OKC in five, but as you get into a longer series, into a more physical series uh, with hopefully the Spurs, that that uh, Portland is going to wear down a little bit. You know, you just you you really do miss a playmaker and a and a player of the caliber of Nurkic. And still, to me, I, I just feel like similarly to the to the to the Nuggets, the bench for the Blazers is not quite as seasoned. You have some incredible incredible players in that offensive starting lineup, and Lillard and McCollum and uh, but I, I just feel kind of like that would be a better matchup. I, I fear uh, OKC, not from a standpoint of, of the Spurs not playing well against them, but OKC is just one of those teams that's kind of the the everything that the Spurs don't like to face. Uh, run and gun, fast pace, you know, jam it down the, the middle of the lane kind of team. And to me, that's the, always the kind of team that you see uh, really give the Spurs problems. So to me, it would be Portland. Hey, what about you, uh Steven, do you want to see OKC or Portland? I said before the playoffs, uh, when the Spurs were fighting for that seven seed and, or sorry, for that six seed and eight seed and seven seed with those three seeds. And it was between, uh, they could have faced anybody from Portland to Golden State to Denver. I said I wanted Portland. And I'm, if the Spurs are fortunate enough to get out of, that, of this first round, I would like to see Portland because, uh, like Wesley said, there was this is what I think. They're, the 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 bench of Portland is not as strong as OKC's. It's definitely not as strong as some some of the others in the playoffs right now. But if you compare that to the Spurs bench, who is also streaky as well, that's where I feel that the Spurs can have the upper hand because while the Spurs bench is streaky, the Spurs starters are not. And I mean, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I, I I feel Portland would be the better matchup for the Spurs. I mean, Ennis Cantor, um, he is showing OKC, you know, you should not have gotten rid of me, and now he's showing them why. 
And but Ennis Cantor also, on the other hand, Lamarcus Aldridge can easily take him one on one. Uh, Damian Lillard and and L.A. they're they're friends now apparently, and uh, reports say that L.A. wants to go back to Portland before he retires. Um, I guess against where he started and all that. So I mean, it would make a great storyline as a journalist, as a writer. I want to write some of those stories, so I'm hoping that it is Portland and San Antonio. I think it'll be a really fun series. Yeah, I agree with you, and I'm believing that you know at this juncture, it's a unanimous unanimous decision. We all believe that the Spurs are gonna be the victors in Game Three uh, tomorrow night. So, yep. before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots Podcast, I'm gonna give you guys the opportunity to let the people know where they can engage with you guys on social media, and also they can go ahead and take a look at all the great content that you all have going out there at Project Spurs. Where can the people get a hold of you, Stephen? You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Stephen A underscore. That's Stephen with a PH. And uh, of course, like, like you said, Joe, uh, ProjectSpurs.com will have the three uh, standout players article after the game tomorrow night. Uh, we also have uh, Sanchez FC. Their season is currently underway. And of course, college football starting up. And we're going to go through uh, spring games and all that fun stuff. So ProjectSpurs.com for all of your San Antonio sports news. And okay, and and you, Wesley, where can everybody engage with you and talk sports? Because you like not just basketball, but you like a plethora of other sports. And, you know, not only here in San Antonio, but around the nation as well, including the, the Cowboys uh, schedule that came out. Because, as we all know, the NFL released their schedule. I know you're excited about a couple of those games. So where can the people go ahead and, you know, talk with you on social media, Wesley? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at Wesley Perk. Uh, I love to talk anything and everything about sports with you. And, of course, being a musician, I also love to, to banter about um, all things music as well. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a big Red Raider, so, of course, I'm going to talk always some Red Raider stuff. I'm, you know, a huge Cowboys fan, born and raised in pajamas and in uh, and, and the Cowboys pajamas. So I'm, I'm uh, always going to talk a bunch of different things. And uh, tomorrow even is a great day uh, as – they're gonna. The Red Raiders Nation is gonna find out what Jarrett Culver is gonna do. Most would assume, uh, and I do too, that he's gonna go pro. But he did call a press conference and invited fans out to the arena there at Texas Tech tomorrow. So gonna be excited. I'm kind of saying a silent prayer that he comes back and Tech gets a chance to play in the national title game again. But those are just some of the things we'll talk about tomorrow night. I'm gonna be on uh, Spurs React on WI, and and of course I'm gonna also have my ears glued to the Two Shots podcast tomorrow, as I I believe they're gonna have Girls Night Out. So. Uh, lots of fun stuff to listen to, but yeah, uh, you know, seek me out and I'd love to, to converse with you. Yeah, hope the plan is we're going to probably have Carolina Teague take over the live stream tomorrow right after the Spurs and Nuggets game. So keep an eye out for that. We'll go ahead and let you guys know if in fact that does occur and where you can see that live stream. It's going to be usually on our Two Shots podcast Facebook page. So we'll go ahead and post that when it doesn't when it does happen after the game. So you can also reach us at Two Shots Podcast, and we're across social media. You know, you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and it's all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S, podcast. And you can also look at our brand new website that we just revamped, and that can be seen at two, the number two, shotssa.com. And basically, we're starting what's called the Two Shots Network. And what that is, it's just a collective of, you know, like-minded individuals, podcasters, coming together as a community 
to go ahead and help and promote and grow our brands together. Uh, it's more of a mentorship role that I take with these podcasters who join our network. So if you're interested in starting a podcast and you don't know really where to begin, um, go ahead and hit us up. We'd like to have you, you know, as part of our family that we collectively like to say. We don't call you a, just a podcaster. When you become part of our network, you're part of our family. So if you'd like to be part of our family, go ahead and go to twoshotsessay.com and learn more about that. So for Steven Anderson and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.